Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Barely Bookers podcast and happy Wednesday. We are halfway through the week, which is fun. Um, yeah, uh, there's not really a lot going on, but oh, uh, we do have we're reading Wicked for uh, by Jennifer L. Armentrout. I guess I should clarify because there is also Wicked by um, Gregory. I forgot his last name. The one about the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, not that one. The one by Jennifer L. Armentrout that's being turned into a movie soon. We're reading that for the Barely Book Club. So if you want to join in that, it's on Discord. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, So that's available. Also, on Fridays, I'm going to try and stream Among Us. If you joined yesterday, two days ago, I guess, actually from... It was on Monday. If you joined on Monday, I had some computer difficulties, but... Uh, I'm trying to get a new computer eventually, so there's that, and hopefully that'll be resolved soon-ish, but I'm going to try and stream Among Us on Fridays at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, so if you like Among Us and you want to join, it's um, a lot of fun, and if you don't really like Among Us, you can still join and chat with me. I'd love to like actually see some people it's it's hard because this is an audio medium so i don't really get to see comments or anything so i'd love to like interact with you guys more um whether you join in chat or if you comment on you know instagram or tiktok or something like i just i'd love to put faces to names that kind of thing chat with you guys some like wonder i kind of wonder what you guys are thinking about the podcast um i got my first interaction on facebook with someone that's a listener. So that was very cool for me. And I'd love to do that more. So if you guys want to chat at me, just comment on any of my social media. I just love to know what you guys are thinking, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, join the live stream, um, on Fridays. And, um, if you're, if you're wondering if I'm doing it on Friday, just check on Instagram that morning and I'll have like a post up on the story. So, that's how you know if I'm live streaming on that Friday. And I'd just love to see you guys there and chat with you guys and all that good stuff. And you can tell me what you guys are thinking, how your day was, whatever you want to do. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Without further ado, I'll let you guys get into the episode. Bye-bye. Hey, hi, hello, everyone. We are back with another episode of Little Women, and I'm once again joined by Kendra. Hi. So we are starting with chapter 29, Calls. So somehow Amy bribed Joe into making six house calls, and Joe absolutely hates them. And she, like, talks Joe into putting on her best clothes for this, and, like, Joe is just, like, not having it all at all, but, you know, she's been bribed, so it is what it is. So Joe's all dressed up now and she's like not happy about it. And Amy tells Joe to be quiet and elegant at the first place, which Joe takes very seriously. And she can't get her to say more than yes or no. And like, she's just being the most dramatic. So after the first place, Amy tries to get her to do the opposite and sit and gossip. And Joe is like, okay, fine. I'll totally do that. So Joe immediately starts gossiping at the second place about Amy. And after they leave, 
Oh, because and Joe realizes that Amy wants her to make the first move to leave. So they leave, and Amy says that that behavior was honestly worse because, like, Amy just can't pick what she wants Joe to be like. So then at the third house, Amy told her to behave as she pleases because she was just being dramatic. I like the second house because in the conversation she was having with the males, it made Amy look like a whore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now she's like, you made me seem fast. And I was like, Whoop. But it's like she was talking about like what riding horses yeah something? but <laughs> that was like the funnest conversation in this book <laughs> this book is kind of ridiculous because it's like it's so kid friendly it's so pg and it just constantly surprises me how pg it truly is so after they get to the third house, Amy goes off and socializes. And then after a while, she finds Joe sitting in the dirt surrounded by boys. And I was like, yeah, that, that feels right. That feels right. That does feel right. <laughs> Honestly, though. So then they go and call on their aunt. And when they get there, their aunt March and aunt Carol, aunt Carol, we're sitting and talking about something that concerned the girls. And the narrator says that Joe, by saying she likes to do nothing, do things for herself unknowingly deprived herself of several years of pleasure and i was like oof so after the girls leave the aunts decide they're going to do it whatever that may be and at this point we don't get to know yeah i didn't get that part whenever they were talking about it i was like that sounds very sexual to me, but it can't be because this is Little Women. So what are they talking about? <laughs> Literally, I mean, they tell us in a couple minutes, but like this narrator likes to keep things, but she only keeps them for like a chapter, you know, like you find out pretty quickly what they're talking about. So I don't know why we didn't get like the omnipresent point of view where we just get to know everything all at once because it doesn't like build up at all. You know what I mean? I don't understand why she keeps the secrets and then she tells us she's keeping a secret. That drives me insane. Like, just just don't mention it at all. I know. It's so annoying. I'm like, just, like, don't have this whole lead-up process. Like, I don't understand what we're doing here at all. But, yeah, so that happens. And then we're on to chapter 30, Consequences. These chapter titles always just kind of annoy me. It did the same thing in Serpent and Dove. I honestly, because I wasn't writing notes in Serpent and Dove, didn't read the chapter titles because I, as a reader, just skip chapter titles because I feel like they spoil the chapters. Like just they do. For them. Yeah. So it's like, unless I'm actually reading it for the podcast, in which I feel like I have to do the listeners uh, their due diligence and give them the chapter titles. Um, I don't read them because I just, I don't like it. I don't think that you should give away all your information in a chapter title. Like, don't try and summarize it to me. Just say chapter one. I can't do that. Like, if there's words on the page, I have to read it. Really? Yeah. Like, I have to read it. (laughs) I don't know. It's like with character descriptions, like, I just sometimes skip over them and imagine them the way I want them to be. Like, that sounds bad, but it's just, like, especially in books that aren't very diverse and they're, like, a lot of white people, I just kind of skip over them and imagine them differently. 
because I just don't want to read it because I imagine they're just like oh they have brown hair and brown eyes and you're just like okay well my world all the Mexicans have brown hair and brown so everybody's Mexican yeah see like I just end up skipping over it because I just feel like I attribute them what I want them to look like in a way you know like the love interest I always make look very different from the way that are described as to my personal preference. So they are always very large, very tall, muscular, dark haired with like dark curly haired men. And that's just what it is. <laughs> I don't care if the book says they're blonde. I, I'm not going to read it. I think when they describe men in books, it's either Chris Hemsworth or mm-hmm. Dean Winchester. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's never anybody else. <laughs> mood, mood big facts like I just every time I see photos of like fan art I always get a little surprised because <laughs> like I'm like oh yeah that's what they're supposed to look like huh okay. I do too because I'm like I was reading um I read red white and royal blue and I mm-hmm. loved that book and then I saw like the fan art for it and I was totally shocked because I kind of had forgotten that the English prince is supposed to be like blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I haven't read that book yet, honestly. <laughs> so anyways, um, now Amy is prepping for the fair and the day before uh, the day before the fair actually happens, May Chester is super jealous of Amy. So after setting up the entire table, Amy is told she no longer gets to work at that table at the art table. And Mrs. Chester is giving it to her daughters because it's, like, the center point or whatever. And Amy's, like, super salty about this. And they told her to go to a flower table, which is not an important table for whatever reason. And she sleeps up all of her art off the table. And then they're like, oh, no, like, ooh, okay, because that's all that was, you know, at this table. And where she was selling all of her own art and they're like oh wait so we don't get to keep your art even though we're kicking you off the table like no you don't get to keep her art what so now I thought that was oh I thought that was so stupid the fact that they thought let's just kick her off the table and we'll just keep her stuff and sell it like yeah I mean if you're gonna move her table why wouldn't she move her stuff with her yeah I know and it's like this all stems from the fact that um, they thought that Joe was making fun of Mary May Chester yesterday, but it's like no one wants to communicate with each other, so they're being super shady about it for absolutely no reason. And like Amy's all distraught. So now, like the next day, um, no one's coming to the flower table, and out of the kindness of her heart, Amy puts all the, her art on the art table that May stole, so that you know. There's actually things on the art table except May's weird vase. But didn't, wait, but didn't Joe make fun of her? Wasn't Joe like pretending to be one of the girls? She, she kind of made fun of her. <laughs> so but they kind of like, had a reason. <laughs> but, you know, they can't come after Amy. You know That's what I true. mean? I don't know. If I was a sister and then somebody made fun of my sister... I might have went after their sister too, but I'm petty like that. So, <laughs> see, I have no morals. Okay, guys. <laughs> my thing is, I am not like 
I'm, I think my thing is, is I'm not someone that can do like casually try and like irk you to, if I'm upset with you, like if I'm upset with you, I'm in your face like, okay, why were you talking all this trash about me behind my back? And I heard about it from all these other people. Like, tell me right now why you did that. And so I'm very confrontational. Like, I'm not one to avoid conflict or to, like, do what May is doing right now, which is like, oh, you know, you irked me and I heard that you were making fun of me, so I'm going to kick you off the table at the fair. Like, I would literally have gone up to her and just been like, so why am I hearing all these things? Like, tell me your side of the story or give me an apology right now. But I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, I'm going to just like kick you off your table and uh, take the art table for myself that you worked super hard on. Like, that's, that's just annoying for me. I don't like to uh, beat around the bush, I guess. I don't do that either. Like, I'm like you. I'm very, I'm confrontational. I don't like conflict, but... Mm -hmm if like there's no way to get around it unless we have the conversation so yeah. it's either we have the conversation or I just cut you out mm -hmm. and that's it that's I mean I don't need to have it I don't I'm one of those weirdos <laughs> I don't need closure from you but if we're gonna get past whatever whatever happened we do have to talk it out and if you don't want to talk it out that's fine we don't have to talk it out but I'm not gonna talk to you anymore yeah because I won't be able to get past it I won't be able to look at you in the face without wanting to punch it <laughs> unless we talk it out and figure out what happened. Yeah. So See, like, I am, I don't necessarily need to have to talk about it, but like I'm, if I have to see you, like if it's one of those things where I can avoid someone and like we don't talk normally and we never are in the same circles, like I'm not going to go out of my way and be like, so I heard you were talking about me, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you were someone that's, like, a friend of a friend and I hear that, then I'm obviously going to be like, okay, um, we're going to have a chat. Like, this is a conversation that needs to happen because I'm not going to deal with this. You know? Yeah. And I have another chat. So. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so, anyways, Amy goes home that day and she's all salty. And Joe says that the tables are about to turn. So the next day, oh no, sorry. So, so, so Joe recruits Lori and his friends so that the next day they make Amy's booth the center of attention. Like they're all over there hanging out, having a great time, buying flowers, all that good stuff. And I really don't know what they're raising money for with this fair because it doesn't sound like Amy gets to keep any of the money that they're getting. So I don't know if it's for charity or like what it's for because they don't really say but I don't think, like, she gets to keep any of the proceeds from the art that she's selling. So I don't really know what that's about. I like the power that Joe had over all these boys. And Me I too. don't understand it because, okay, I could see, I could see Meg having this power or even Amy because they're, because they're the pretty ones or whatever. Mm -hmm. But Joe is never never described as the pretty girl that can wield this kind of mm -hmm. power so i'm gonna assume that it was all lori the fact that he's in love with her Probably. or at least at this point i do mm -hmm. think that he's in love with, like there's all kinds of signs yeah 
and he's the one telling his friends, let's go do this. Probably. Like, Joe can just do make Lori do whatever she wants, so probably. And I don't see, like, I don't see how she doesn't see that he's in love with her. She does. Point. She knows. Like, she doesn't know. If that's the case, if she does know, it is her fault as to why it gets, how it gets so far. I think she thought if she continued being her, his friend, that they, it would go away. And, like, I think that's kind of, like, the being naive and, like, because she is still kind of a child where you think, oh, you know, this is just kind of, like, puppy love. It'll go away. But, like, for Lori, he didn't want to let it go. And he didn't look at anybody else for it to, you know, eventually fade. And Joe tells him multiple times, like, you need to go be around other women. Like, this is this is not going to be a thing. And Lori is not willing to accept that. So I just feel like there's really not much that Joe could have done except, like, stopping her, his friend. And I really don't think that's beneficial either, you know? I don't know. I think she should have just stopped being his friend. I think that was really cruel. Like, I think it was... Because... Even though she was saying that, I'm almost pretty positive that Joe was still flirting, or at least to him, he thought it was flirting. You know what I mean? Like, there's two different brains here. His is going to think something different. Even if you're nice to him, he's Mm -hmm. still going to take that as flirting. And at that point in the relationship, there is no, there's no going back from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, once they make... Once they make that determination that they like you and that everything that you do is flirting with them and that everything that you mm-hmm. do means that you want to be with them, you can't go back from that. There is no, okay, it's just going to go away. No, it just gets worse and worse yeah. and worse as it shows in the book. <laughs> yeah. I just, I also feel like that's not Joe's fault though. Like, I don't feel like she necessarily had to like cut him off because like, ultimately this is his own problem. Like, She's told him, hey, find someone else. There's no way I'm ever going to be interested in you. And even like when he proposes later, she's like, no, I've said it 8,000 times. I am not interested in you. So it's like, I never really feel like, you know, I understand Joe's perspective, whereas like she's tried and said multiple times, like, hey, no, this isn't going to be a thing. And like, you know, after she tells him all this and he still tries to propose like that's his own fault okay like he that he's just got to deal with that like i don't know that's his you know that's not joe's problem yeah when i mean when he does propose well he doesn't propose but when he like they're fake proposals yeah yeah when he corners her and is like we need to talk about this and she's like no we really don't he should have known the answer right then and there he said he did He's like, I think I already know the answer, but like, I'm still going to try. And she's like, I've said this six million times. I am not interested. And he's like, "Mm." here's the thing, though. I think she was interested. In all honesty, I think she truly was interested. I do think she was in love with Lori. But because of the fact that they were not her parents, because her parents, remember, got along so mm-hmm. well, never argued, perfect couple. Yeah. Because they weren't her parents, mm-hmm. she thought that they wouldn't work, which is not true. 
Yeah. They had a lot of passion between each other. Mm-hmm. I think they could have had some really good sex. But no, <laughs> they threw it all away. All because they would get into arguments every once in a while. Oh, come on. See, Please. I think, I really think that Joe, I don't think she should have ever ended up with anybody honestly like i think she should have been a great spinster like i feel like modern day she is the one night stand spinster she has lots of one night stands and i love that for her okay but like i don't think she i think she liked to fight with lori but i don't think it was necessarily love you know like it i think it was like an easy comfortable i could see friends with benefits okay but I don't think I could ever see them like in a serious relationship because I just don't think Joe's the type. And I know they like tried to make her the type at the end, but I don't think in her character that she's the type for like serious long lasting relationships just because I don't think she'd be interested. Like I think she has a lot of goals and like she is, was very, very work centered and like very focused on becoming the person she wants to be. And then they just destroy that at the end and make her like every other character. And I'm like, mm, no, 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 thank you. Well, in her defense, which I don't do this very often, I do not defend characters very often. She did lose Beth. And I think yeah. that was a big, huge turning point in her life to where she figured out she always thought okay so remember her whole thing in the beginning was she always thought she was going to be surrounded by family that was never Mm going to change her family was her family they were going to be together forever and ever and ever and ever and then she lost beth and -hmm. then she realized meg is gone amy's gone her parents have each other yeah her only other person that she wanted to have forever and ever is now dead and now she's lonely and so she's finally figured out Maybe I should have said yes to Lori. Yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> I just, I'm sus of that character development. I won't front. Like, I just, I think it could have gone one of two ways. And the author chose to make it go that, like, she now seeks out love and affection in a man. And I'm like, mm, mm, I don't like Well, it. maybe she wanted it to be a woman, but she couldn't because of that day and age in writing. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I it made me unhappy because I just don't think that Joe is the type. Like I think she should have just opened that school by herself and I could have seen that ending. But then saying that she's like married with like kids and blah 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 and like yeah, I could have seen the ending and have her very happy through that if they didn't make her get married at the end and we're going to talk about that more when we get to the ending for sure but like i don't know it just made me salty we're skipping parts now okay i know we need to get back (laughs) on track you know i don't want to like cut and paste everywhere so we need to get back on track so back to amy and the art table (laughs) so everything at um amy's table at the flower table completely sold oh sorry Everything at the art table that was Amy's completely sold, and all that's left is May's vase. That's the only piece of art that she brought over. That's really embarrassing. I know. So Amy whispers to Lori to go buy the vase, 
so that like may isn't just sitting there with her art all upset so he does you know and carries it around all day um and then we find out what they were with the two aunts were whispering about so aunt carol is going abroad next month and wants amy to go over with her which upsets joe because amy is so young and she feels like it should have been her turn first but you know joe was in the wrong there but you know she decides to be happy for amy which is good so this part made me so angry because when joe said i deserved it i was like no you don't like no like yeah that made me salty (laughs) too because i was like amy gave you a chance to show people that you could behave yourself Mm -hmm. and you did not do it and your aunts are not going to want to take you somewhere where you can't behave correctly Mm -hmm. like so no you don't deserve it like the reason why you were skipped over is because you were being an ass yeah and that this is what happens when you do that especially in public in front of other people they don't want to be embarrassed yeah, plus, like, her aunt's doing this at the kindness of her heart, inviting someone to come with her, and she's like, I deserve to go, and I'm like, what? Like, this is not something that's, like, you have to, or that would have already been predetermined that you're going to do. Like, this is something your aunt randomly decided to do nicely. So, um, Interesting. And so, as Joe, as soon as Amy leaves, balls her eyes out in her bed. And I was like, oop, yikes. And then Lori brings Amy to the boat, and Amy gets nervous and tells Lori to go watch over her sisters, which I thought was kind of cute. So then chapter 31, our foreign correspondent. I wonder who it could be about. I don't remember who that was about. Amy. Oh, okay. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So Amy's away in London and she's writing a long letter and she talks to a gentleman while she was on the ship. She's already been to Ireland. And so basically this is like a whole laundry list of everything Amy's done. She's loving all the colors. Um, Her aunt bought her some new clothes. And basically Amy's having a great time. Also, one of Lori's English friends came and stopped by because Lori told them where she was. Um, so now Amy is writing from Paris. She's really getting through all of these countries very quickly. So Lori's friend also showed up again in Paris, and this friend's name is Fred, which we get a lot with later. And so Amy spends so much time in the Louvre because it's Paris and she is obsessed with art and now she's in Germany this there's like going a lot of places in one chapter they're basically like summing up everything in the first year that Amy's there and so Fred is still with them in Germany and at that moment I was like I think Fred is courting her and then immediately Amy said if Fred likes her she will accept and I was like bruh what's going on so Amy doesn't really like Fred yet, but he has money. And I'm like, all right, you little gold digger. We love that for you. Um, so then Fred's brother is ill. So he's going home, but he says he'll come back. And Amy tells her mother to send her good advice if she can. I was so shocked at this point because I was never told that she had another person that she could have been engaged to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. 
some spice love triangle and then yeah. like nothing happened of it and i was like no. well that's why <laughs> i know i was like literally we don't really get to meet fred besides that like one first time when they were all at Lori's house you know and then like the thing that's wild to me is how much they're just traveling around you know like when we go on vacation it's for like max a month like if you're lucky and you work in like the school board or something and it's summer break but like most people if they go to Europe they go on vacation and they're gone like two weeks they come back you know like that's basically it so it's like the fact that they're on like it's like they're almost at that point probably like five months into their trip i just what (laughs) it does not make any sense to me yes when you said that amy was actually abroad for two years and she's abroad for three yeah i was like oh my god i didn't realize that it was that long like I was expecting maybe like six months to a year. Yeah. But holy, where are they? Like, can I stay where you're staying? <laughs> Literally. I just, how much money do you have that you can be on vacation for three years? Like visas don't even like, um, unless it's like a work visa, you're what vacation visa? Is that what they're called? I, don't I have know. no idea. There's like a special like tourist visa and I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but that only lasts like six months, I think. Like, I don't think it even lasts a full year. So I can't even imagine being like, yeah, we're just going to go on vacation for three years and then we'll be back. Like, you'd have to get like some sort of special visa for that. I don't Maybe I don't know they could works. renew it. I don't know how that works. I don't know how government works. I'm, I make podcasts, okay? Like, I don't know if things... <laughs> It's just wild to me that they were gone so long. Truly. I don't know how somebody could afford that. But then again, if you think about it, like, okay, so over there in Europe, at least, when they had those huge castles or whatever, Mm -hmm. all they really did was pay for the upkeep. That was why it was so important to marry money was Mm -hmm. so they would have the money so they wouldn't have to work and they could literally just pay to upkeep the house. Yeah. That was wild to me. Like, that was your job. (laughs) I know. Love that for you. But, like, also, when Amy comes back, she came back early. So I'm like, how long is the aunt staying there? Like, what? I don't know, but can she be my aunt? I know. Like, I want to go on a three-year journey and, like, gallivant around Europe for three years. Like, that sounds great. Like, pay for me to stay in fancy hotels where I have balls every Friday night. Like, that sounds wonderful. You know what I did when I was... Oh, my God. You just said balls every Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Someone's going to take that audio. Oh, no. I've made an error. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You know what? At this point, just if you make a funny tiktok video with that audio just like send it to me whatever who cares i i just want to see it it better be funny if it's not funny i'm gonna be mad that's it that's all i've got jeez i hate myself i hate myself truly it's fine you know i bet no people are gonna be like i didn't even notice until you like made a big deal about it and i'll be like I'm sorry. I'm the one that made me do it. 
it is what it is at this point because someone would have used it. It's fine. If I'm famous enough that people use my audio on TikTok, I feel like that's a goal. So whatever. Do what you want with it. Do as you will. My cheeks hurt. (laughs) (sighs) Anyways, moving on from a wonderful time in which I could have gone to dances and now I'm doing um, sexual innuendos instead. Uh, Anyways... (laughs) Uh. <laughs> so chapter 34 <laughs> tender troubles this gets la- worse i just laugh for like straight four minutes <laughs> the amount of calories they just burned made it worth it it's fine <sighs> i honestly rereading this chapter title of tender troubles it just sounds like they didn't make chicken nuggets very well and i forget like tender is an emotion like or a person something that you can describe besides nuggets um chicken nuggies (laughs) nuggies. so getting back to the book um their mother is worried about beth because she seems very sad and then at this point Okay, so this is, like, where they really start aging everyone up very quickly, and they don't tell you until, like, they randomly throw in, like, what age they're at now. So, like, Beth is 18 at this point, and Joe's like, okay, she must just be thinking grown-up thoughts, and that's why she's sad, because she's no longer a child. And I was like, mmm, seems fake, but okay. So Joe, grown-up thoughts. I mean, look what I just did. <laughs> Truly, truly, it's fine. And I'm like, when grown-up thoughts for us were like, oh, grown-up thoughts are like taxes, saving for retirement, filing your 401k. And it's like for Joe and Beth, grown-up thoughts are like marriage, happy thoughts, rainbows and sunshine. And I'm like, hmm. Okay. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about like rent payment and mortgages but like go off i guess all you have to worry about is who's mother gonna hold hands with tonight at dinner i know uh the dream oh the simple life (laughs) sounds beautiful so joe and beth are walking around town and she's like kind of crying and joe thinks it's because beth loves Lori, and i'm like hmm no no like that's not a match i could totally see it though because i mean if you think about it beth has no interaction with any guys besides Mm -hmm. Lori and the old man so it had to be one of them and because this is so wholesome it couldn't be the old man i just i felt like this like beth is too quiet and composed for Lori to ever like be interested in her you know oh i never thought he was interested in her oh okay <laughs> just I, her and to him because I just, he's like the only boy yeah i just think it would have never worked out so i don't think beth even like considered it like i don't think she ever was in love with Lori. because but then again i mean like she could see that Lori was in love with joe yeah so. i think it's hard to love someone when you watch them pine after others you know 
you get to a point where you're like, okay, this candle is burning at the wick. Like, mm. well, somebody should have told that to somebody further down in the book. <laughs> well, and I. <laughs> um, so the more Joe watches Beth's behavior, the more she's certain of this. And I'm like, Joe, you're literally just looking for like confirmation bias here. Like you're not trying at all. So I honestly, this is where I'm like, I honestly think Lori actually liked Joe. And like, I am correct. But I was like, I felt like I further needed to confirm this. And then however, since Lori and Beth are interacting, she thinks it's love. And Joe's like constantly trying to confirm this. So Joe advises Lori that uh, to focus on modest girls instead of flirty girls because like Lori's had like multiple relationships at this point, kind of in college, I guess. And he's just been with like flirty girls, whatever that means. Maybe loose girls. I don't know. Um, This is what shocks me is that he went to college and he couldn't find someone better than Joe. Yeah. That's so odd to me. I don't know. I just feel like he didn't look, you know, he pursued girls that he purposely knew he wouldn't spend the rest of his life with because he wanted to constantly come back to Joe. So I feel like he didn't try. Like he didn't put himself out there. You know what I mean? I would say that is plausible if Mm -hmm. he wasn't a man. Okay. That is just so hard to believe for a boy. See, you have the advantage of having sons, so I will take your word for it. Well, it's not just, it's just like hormones. We all know, okay, so boys and girls get hormones. I don't know the age group for this podcast, but we all know. It's Mark E for explicit, so it's fine. We all know, and I just watched this movie on Netflix, and I cannot mm-hmm. remember what it is, but he put it in perfect terms. Men are like microwaves. Warm up real quick. Women like to preheat. Lori should have been able to, especially how flirty and how good looking mm-hmm. he is. Are you kidding me? No. That, it just doesn't make sense to me that he held out. Yeah. He held out for Joe. Not pretty not girly, not flirty, not very good in public. See, I feel like not even for the good reasons that she's not good in public, like she's not fast or anything. It's just because she doesn't know how to behave herself. So I just, just, no, I don't get it. I I feel like he, his type is girls that speak his, their mind. And he was like surrounded by rich girls who that's trained out of them, you know? And so he didn't look for girls that meet his type at all. And he just like, basically looked for all these girls that are very well behaved and are very respectful because like if they're going to college they are well off like the average girl can't afford to go to college at that point so it's like to me I just think he has a type and he was surrounded by people that were outside of his type so he never looked for people at that point that would have been someone he was more interested in and you know so like he dates around but it's like all these people that he knows he'll never end up with because they're just so different from like what he's interested in i don't know i just don't see it he's a boy like well he dates the entire time he's at college you know there's so many smart things that you said but 
the matter of the fact is that he is still a boy. All I'm saying is I think he kept himself busy. Like, I think he was kept busy with women. I'm just thinking he didn't fall in love with them. Or you know what I mean? There was just too many women, so he couldn't focus on just one. And then when he went home, he could That's focus possible. on just one. That's very possible. I just think he wasn't looking to try and, like, find a suitable pair, like a suitable match for the long term. I think he was just, like, looking to have a good time. And he, you know, obviously falls in line with a bunch of girls that weren't like they were probably actually looking for husbands, but like he wasn't looking for a wife. I would really like to read that book. That <laughs> that juice, that spice, that you know. There's that probably fan fictions there for you. And Lori's life. That's the book that I would like to read. <laughs> Where's think, that one? Yeah, I think he says like one of his relationships is like a year long too. And so like Joe comments and she's like, There's plenty of other girls you met, like, and none of them worked out and he's like no none of them worked out whatever and I'm like I and I also wonder if it was like Joe was the easy option you know they already know each other like he thinks oh I can make her love me like we already have this past friendship and he wouldn't have to work for someone else to get to know him you know because he is inherently lazy like he's not he wouldn't I don't know if he'd want all rich people back then were kind of I mean, Lazy. do anything. Yeah. For, like sit around and like call on people, I guess. I don't know. I, I yeah. can't live during that time, but that's from what I know. Yeah. I just feel like he wouldn't want to f- begin a relationship because he wouldn't want to have to like work towards getting to know someone and all these like layers that happen when you start dating someone is like, You know, you have to get to know them. You have to put yourself out there. You have to like relive your entire life and tell them all about that. And he isn't interested in pursuing that and he's lazy. So he's like, I'll just, you know, get with Joe. I totally love her. And Joe's like, whoa, no. (sighs) To be in love and young. (sighs) Anyways, we're back to Beth dying. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) um beth is literally crying through the night and it keeps waking joe up and they're not talking about what's happening and joe says that she doesn't want to tell them yet and joe's like ah yes she's in love um so joe is talking to her mother and says she wants to go away this winter to new york and part of the reason she wants to go away is because she thinks Lori is growing too fond of her both her and her mother think that that would be a terrible match. And Joe's like, yeah, definitely. Like, it ain't a thing. So Joe is going to go and they're waiting to tell Lori until the absolute last second. And then this, everything happens very quickly in this book. So she makes a decision to go and now she's like immediately leaving. So she leaves and she tells Lori that he's in charge. The fact that she waited till the last second tells me that he could have changed her mind. I don't know. I don't know if he could have changed her mind or if it was like one of those things where she didn't want to like deal with it. <laughs> like, because I understand that sometimes like if you're, if you know this guy's like absolutely obsessed with you, I would also wait till the last second to tell him because like, I don't want to deal with hearing about it. Like, 
I don't do obsessions. If you're obsessed and it's gotten to a critical point, I just just cut you out. No. Yeah, hit him with that block, block. Yeah, block, block. No. But she can't block him. He's her next door neighbor. <laughs> so like, what's she gonna yeah, do? She's trying to block him by like going abroad, but like. See, Joe even did the nice thing and told him at the last second, I would have written a letter from New York and be like, hey, by the way, fun fact, um, I'm gone for a couple of months. I'll, I'll, I might come back. I might not. We'll see. <laughs> you know? Like, you yeah. tell him you're in New York and then he shows up and you're like, oh, shit. See, that's also what I think she might have been worried about. It's like, he has money. He's talked about going to New York before. So it's like, if she was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to New York, he might have been like, oh, that's an invitation. I don't know. So Lori says his eye is on Joe, so she needs to be good. And I'm like, Chris. So now we're on to chapter 33, Joe's journal. So she's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, oh, here we go. Literally. So she's now writing a letter home. And she seems to be having a pretty good time while in New York. And there's another teacher that Joe likes. So Joe goes down to dinner for the first time. Basically, this is just another laundry list of, like, all the things she does um, while she's there. And as she's down to dinner, Joe casually overhears men talking smack about her. And she's like, interesting. And then uh, Lori also hasn't written to Joe yet which is good. So I was like, maybe this will be his move on time, but it's not. So Joe and the professor seem to be becoming friends, be becoming friends. See another old man. And they don't ever tell you how old he is. They tell you at the end. He's 40. He's 40 at the end. How old was she? When they got married, she was 25. Well, she, that was before they got married. When they got engaged, he was 25. She was 25 and he's 40. You see, I guess I'm just mad for mature men. Like, I guess I don't know. I don't know. She was already a spinster at that point, though. Yeah, like she just needed. They basically were like, "Oh, she needs a man. Let's get this widowed man for her husband." I did. I like. It was so odd because they tell you that she's 25. Mm-hmm. And then, like, somewhere down the line in the book, Amy comes home, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, Amy's sitting in her mother's lap, and they're pretending like it's old times. And I'm like, whoa. How old yeah, is like Amy 20. Point? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you sitting in your mother's lap? Number one, mm-hmm. no, you don't do that. You're an adult yeah. now. Yeah. Number two, you might break your mother's legs, okay? She's frail at this point. <laughs> She's had what four four other kids before you so it's not like she's 40 and you're 20 she's like yeah going upwards towards 80 she was 60 she was actually 55 at that point still she's fragile and it it, was they just this whole book it was like as if you know i wouldn't be surprised if the author wrote this when she was in her 50s and just mm-hmm. wanted to keep her children in that bubble. Yeah. But it's just so odd. Like It is very odd. It's... Especially, and even back then, it would have been odd because at 16, you were coming out. 
and they were trying to marry you off. So for you to want your child to be sitting on your lap at the age of 20, 25 and mm-hmm. all, it's just, no. Yeah, it was very strange. It was like the mother kept trying to keep them home and keep them young and kept calling them like little women and like try to keep them as children forever until they like happened to luckily find a man like very they didn't none of them went out of their bubble to get married really like because at that time most of women went to like most of like women that had some semblance of money kind of went to balls and like went to all these different events to find men and like they didn't do any of that they never had like that whole traditional coming out they just like happened to get married which is like almost more modern but like the way it happens it doesn't feel that way you know it doesn't I feel like it didn't happen because their mother didn't want them to happen didn't want it to happen because Mm -hmm. I mean Meg was what 17 18 when what's his face I cannot remember John when John came a knocking and she was like no you're too young you need to wait and it's like no no she doesn't she needs to go yeah and then she got married when she was 20 and then even then they're still saying she's too young like she has a lot to learn because she's so young and it's like oh yeah i'm like in that day and age she's technically kind of old you know and that's weird to say as someone who is 22 and unmarried but like it's i don't know it's just kind of strange that like this author kind of tried to like combat a lot of social ideals at that point and you know married all of these girls off and like both Meg and Joe married someone that was older and like Meg he was older by like somewhere between like five and seven years but like for Joe the professor's 15 years older than she is oh is that it I thought it was more. <laughs> I know. It's like they call him an old man. So you're not sure until she like happens to mention in passing that he's 40 and she just said that she's 25. Yeah. Okay. So now you say it's 15. It doesn't seem like such a big difference. But it's still just kind of weird because in the entire time that she is in new york and like we're gonna get through that part and like talk more about it but like the entire time she's in new york it seems very platonic like i didn't pick up any hints of flirting so yeah it's just, it felt very out of the blue for her to be like uh for mr bear to be like when they he proposes like yeah i was gonna ask you like at the end if you liked me and i was like whoa what i didn't get it either i was just like and then the other thing was Joe was not being herself there either. Like mm-hmm. they described her as like super shy and quiet mm-hmm. and stoic. And I'm just like, are we talking about the same person? Because I literally read like 500 pages of her being a wild child. Yeah. And now all of a sudden she's behaving. Like her I really, character arc went up and down and up yeah. and down and up and down. I feel like they did Joe jo so dirty throughout this entire <laughs> book. Because it's like they take away her character development as they see fit like and it bothers me because i feel like they could have had joe be a very cool aunt you know like but she wanted all of these 
characters to get married and i feel like she got down to the end of it and she's like oh i don't have someone for joe let's pull back that professor that she happened to hang out with once five years ago and now she gets to marry him and i'm like really like that's well i guess technically it was like three years ago he comes back literally three years later and they're like yeah now you guys get to be married and i'm like what like that is the strangest thing because there really wasn't any flirting and there wasn't communication for three years so you're telling me that that's who she fell in love with like i don't believe you it was three years i thought it was three like years. six months no after because wait 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 a second i think it was like a year because amy's gone three years and she leaves no because she leaves right after amy's gone no, because they do that time skip. So it's probably somewhere between one year and two years because Lori's gone for six months by the time he goes to Nice or Nice, France, after Joe rejects him. And she doesn't reject him until she gets back. And then he comes when after their wedding. And they get engaged. So it had to have been at least a year. I'm guessing. No correspondence. No correspondence. He just shows up out of the blue. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Whatever. I'm just mad about it because I'm like, no, like that's not the way a relationship works. What? Like, I don't understand, like, why she's just, like, this random man is going to be the one Joe falls in love with. And I'm like, really? Is it? Like, why? I don't, I can't answer that for you. This whole thing is making me very angry. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. We're getting into a lot of, like, heated subjects. <laughs> Disagreements, but it's fine. Um. Okay, so flashback to joe being in new york now so it's january and she's been there a couple of months now and mr bear got her a shakespeare book for christmas and joe got him small trinkets or something and joe went sorry joe went to dinner again and it sounds like they did some sort of like dress up acting thing i don't really know so then chapter 34 a friend so Joe seems to have walked into a group of men and trying to get a story published by Mr. Dashwood. I don't know. So she tries to get the story published. She tries to go to a newspaper and they told her to leave it if she would like. And she bowed and walked away. And Joe went back and said that they'll, and they said they'll take it, but they want it a bit shorter. So they want all the words, um, the, the morals taken out. Of the story and the editors say morals do not sell nowadays and he said they pay 25 to 30 for the story when it comes out and joe wants her name to be anonymous so joe goes over there to call for the money after like shortening it and taking the morals out and she's starting to like make quite a bit of money from her stories which is good for her and this is the point where she starts to go off the deep end and basically do what every writer does and, like, has a very um, suspicious search history. 
and she starts looking at terrible things that get the FBI curious, um, as you do as a writer. Is this when she starts making, see, okay, whenever they started talking about how she was writing these stories, I was mm-hmm. thinking more along the lines of smut. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Because they, like, talk about how she, like, basically is, like, losing her morals from writing these stories. So, like, I forget that, like, to some people that gore and, you know, not necessarily like scary stories but like crime shows and stuff like that is like bad for your morals and like i could definitely see thinking smut instead how is that bad for your morals it is teaching you how to not kill someone yeah i mean i get it but like also (laughs) i think like for her they're thinking like a lady shouldn't know about like murder and death i'm like "Mm, okay but shouldn't she, like, I heard a rumor that a lot of women way back when used mm-hmm. to kill their husbands whenever they used to, like, beat them. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get out of the marriage. Someone would be poisoned randomly, and then they were off to go do what they wanted without being beaten every day. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I haven't heard that, but it doesn't surprise me. Like... I get it. Like when divorce isn't an option and you're suffering through a lot of abuse, like I would definitely understand just, you know, slipping some rat poison in and cause you know, that is what it is. But I don't know. I, I could not have lived in this day and age because like basically women are just property and that annoys me. Oh, I couldn't have lived in there. I would have been in jail or burned at the stake. <laughs> Hard same. Like, there's no way I would have, like, uh-uh. I can't hold my tongue for anything. So, so at this point, they're saying that it's taking a bit of a toll on her to write these stories because she's losing a bit of her innocence. And the world is starting to ruin its romance, in Joe's opinion. And once... Just got lost in my notes. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. So basically, like, she's just going off the deep end a little bit. And she's just, like, fully devoting all of her time to, like, her stories. And Mr. Bear is starting to, like, worry about her because, like, Joe's of Joe's writing. Because he's like, oh, normally she would have showed this to me and she hasn't. So, like, I know she's writing something bad. Um, and he starts to talk her, talk to her to try and protect her from her dark stories. And she becomes ashamed of her books. So she lights them on fire because that's the proper reaction. And then after that, she goes the entire opposite spectrum and writes a serum, sermon is what i meant to say she writes a sermon and no one's interested in that because who wants to read a sermon on like a short story newspaper article thing and that didn't go well and then so she tries to write a kid story which did not go well either so now she's taking a bit of a break from writing and then she leaves new york (laughs) and 
That okay. is called following the trends. If you're not writing on trend, you don't get published. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. It's like when Twilight came out, every book was vampires and werewolves. Yes. Like, I very distinctly remember that, where everything I read at that point in time was just werewolves. Mm-hmm. That's called writing on trend. And then, like, a lot of those books, you'll rate them. And then if you go back, because you're like, oh, I loved it. I'm going to go back and read it. And then Mm -hmm. you reread it, and you're like, what kind of crap was I reading? (laughs) Literally, we watched Twilight, um, uh, like, last month, like, for the meme, because my sister had never seen it. And I was, like, super a big fan of Twilight when it was, like, when it was coming out. And then... I pretended I did not care for it at all after uh, it became super popular. <laughs> um, and so we watched the first movie. And, like my sister and I were dying laughing at the first movie because it is so cringy. So cringy. It is cringy. But at the same time, see, I still, I don't know if you still like Twilight. I still like Twilight. Like I'm not embarrassed to admit that. I still like it. The writing I've read so many books now at this point that the writing Mm -hmm. is not, it's not as like, okay, so example, George R.R. Martin is like at the top for me Mm -hmm. and then Twilight would be towards the bottom Mm -hmm. with writing wise because I've just read so many books so I know the different types of writing that people have now. Mm -hmm. And so but that, I mean, I'm, that was also her first book that she yeah. had come out with. And it's not badly written, and it's not bad. It's just that it's nowhere near George R.R. R. Martin. Now, George R.R. R. Martin is, like, an old Up man now. Face. So he has written I don't even know how many words. <laughs> so yeah. it's not fair to even compare that book to that one. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying I still like Twilight. So for me to watch the movie, even though I know it's not the greatest movie, it's so much faster than reading the book for me. <laughs> I don't mind Twilight. And after, like, the first movie is just horribly cringy. But, like, after that, it gets better. You know, like, we binged all of them. And, like, by the end of it, we were like, why are we, like, into this now? But, like, the first movie is just so cringy. And I I kind of, I, I don't think they could have done it any other way where it wouldn't have been cringy. You know, like, I think it had to have been kind of cringy, but I don't hate it. Their acting skills got better. Mm -hmm. And then also you have to remember that I don't think anyone wanted to do the movie. No, not a single soul wanted to do that movie. (laughs) And, like, the thing that always bothered me is people were like, oh, like, Kristen Stewart's such a bad actress because of Twilight. And I'm like, no, she was specifically told to act that way. Like, everyone acted horribly in that movie. Okay, like... I am not on the Kristen Stewart hate train. I'm not here for it. She was very, very bland to me. Like, every movie that I had ever seen her in, it was, like, the same character. And then, like, now she's reinventing herself. It's, like, after her, like, 28th birthday or something or 30th birthday or something, she reinvented herself. And now she has, like, so much more personality now. Well, she got typecasted. Like, she basically, everyone wanted her to act that way. So it's like, everyone's like, well, she's such a bad actress, all this stuff. But I'm like, every movie they put her in, they told her to act that way. So it's like, she did her job well, but, like, it looked like she had no talent. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
it's like Colin Firth constantly getting typecasted for characters like Darcy. Like I talk about this a little bit on Pride and Pre- like my guest talks about this a little bit on Pride and Prejudice, but like I really think Kristen Stewart was just typecasted to be the same type of character over and over and over again to her detriment. And now she's finally been like, listen, I am not going to do that anymore. Like I would rather not act than continue to do that. And I feel for her because that would be super annoying. <sighs> but that's all I'll say about Kristen Stewart right now in Twilight. I don't even know how we got there. I don't know either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Lori is currently graduating, which is good for him. And Lori asked if she, if Joe will come over later. And she says she will, but she's kind of worried about uh, worried that he's about to propose. And because Joe's smart and she knows and then I said, yep, so Lori is getting very serious and says he's loved her forever. And Lori says that women will say no when they sometimes mean yes. So he has to say it and get a real answer. And I'm like, no, Lori, no, stop, please. It's very obvious that Joe is not interested. And he's like, maybe. And then I don't know. If I was Lori, I would want to ask the question too. Just because I would need an answer, but I don't think, like, after she would have said no, I don't think I would have been that person that would have been like, oh, well, you'll change your mind. I'll make you fall yeah. in love with me. No, after she no. would have said no, I would have been like, okay, so I've asked. That's her answer. I'm done with this. I'm going to move on. I feel like, well, and I was immediately getting to the point where I was like, I very seriously need to ask you, like, if you're, and she's like, I am not interested. I would be like, okay that's very clear and he's like I still need to ask and I'm like no you don't like she already gave you the answer to your question you just still feel like you need to fully say it and I don't feel like there's a reason for that I'm one of those people where I have to ask you so I can make sure that the answer is what I think it is if that makes sense but again with Lori it was like she gave him an answer and then he was like oh no but you'll fall in love with me eventually I'm not that person yeah not that person just mit- yeah. just to make that clear like if you say no I'm gonna assume that you meant no but I'm yeah. also a woman so <laughs> see I am very much a person where if I say no I mean never ask me this question again I will end you like I do not like to be asked the same thing twice so if I've already told you no and if I have to repeat myself and say it again, like you're losing your vocal cords. That is what it is. Like I am not going to say the same thing twice. I don't feel like I need to waste my breath in that way. So I just, I don't know. I always get annoyed when they're like, I still need to ask you again and I'm going to make sure. And I'm like, no, do not ask me again. You know my answer. I've given you the answer. Stop asking me. Like and I just get annoyed with stuff like that though. I'm that way sometimes too. But then sometimes I do change my mind, but mostly it's when it's about food. <laughs> See, even with food, I have the answer. Just no one likes the answer. My answer is always Chipotle or Chinese So food. anyways, we are back with Lori and all that. So Lori says he's going to make Joe love her, love him. Yeah. Lori says that he's going a way to make her love him and joe says wait no i lied i keep reading this wrong because i accidentally wrote the wrong name and i wrote Lori instead of joe and i'm trying to figure out what the sentence says so joe said that her going away 
no, no. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's what happened. Lori said that when he went, when Joe went away, it made him realize that he loved her even more. And Joe's like, I literally tried to distance you. I've tried to make myself love you. It doesn't work. And I don't feel the same way. And Lori's like, but I want to be with you. And Joe's like, no. And Lori's like, I cannot love anyone besides you. And Joe's like, no, thank you. I am not interested. This was just in, this was just embarrassing for Lori at this point. It was. And it's like, Joe tried to be nice. Like at the beginning, she's like, please, let's not have this conversation. Like, I don't want to be with you or anything. And then Lori's just like making it worse and worse and worse and just continuing to like pound in how much he cares. I'm like, Lori, please stop. This is this is a learning moment for any men that are listening to this podcast. You cannot make a woman love you. You just can't do it. Yeah. So Lori's pretty upset at this point. And Joe says that he will find someone else eventually and be happy. And Lori's like, no, I won't. I'll never find anyone. And he's being like super dramatic. And then Lori storms, storms off and Joe kind of feels bad, but she still doesn't love him. And she's like, there's literally nothing I can do. And then she goes and tells Mr. Lawrence what happened so that he's, like, prepared to deal with Lori. And then she went and cried. And I, like, feel bad for Joe because she, like, really tried to, like, make this as nice as possible. And, like, Lori would not let her make this nice. He he basically had to be told that she's like, I will never love you. We're, I'm never going to feel the same way about you. Like, you need to move on because, like, I, this isn't going to ever happen. And, like, I just... It's it's sad. It's really sad. Have you ever watched a season of Love Island? I haven't watched like a full season. I've watched like an episode, but I haven't watched a full season. So these people on the Love Island, they kind of have to do stuff like that in order to like move on with the people on the island there because, you know, you're stuck with them. So if you find somebody else or if you're interested in somebody else you can't be two-faced about it because you're there's only there's literally like 10 people there Mm -hmm. at one time so everyone will find out what you're trying to do yeah so they have to be very very clear like joe (laughs) and just this just reminds me of love island (laughs) that's funny oh my gosh yeah i i just feel bad because it's just like i get that she would sometimes want to like you know be nice about it because this is her friend and it's not her fault that he's like head over heels but like at some point it's just you've got to put the hammer down and be like hey yeah this is uh not a good look for you buddy i'm not interested so then Lori goes to play the piano all dramatically and he's super upset and then Lori's grandfather comes in and talks to him and says they should go away for a while um to forget it and he's like i don't have anyone to go with i don't want to be lonely and then his grandfather says that he would go abroad with them and then they leave immediately and go abroad so that's the thing so now we're on to chapter 36 beth's secret and then my first note is immediately i think beth is gonna die because like what is she gonna have a secret about besides that it's not like she has anything interesting going on in her life 
It could have possibly been that she was in love with Lori. And I don't think so. I <laughs> I was like, mm, they keep talking about how frail she is. So like, I think she's going to die. And then Joe says that she wanted to take her to the mountains, but Beth didn't want to go that far. So they went to the seaside again. And then my next note is, yeah, Beth's going to die. And then Joe realizes this. And Beth says that she's glad Joe knows it because she's known for a long time that she's gonna die and then joe says that she thought beth loved laurie and laurie was like what like he only had eyes for you what's the point of that and then we also get told beth is only 19 at this point and she knows she's gonna die which is like rough and then uh joe says that she's not going to give up any hope yet. And Beth says that she doesn't think she's supposed to live long as she never dreamed of a future. That's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. It's rough out here. It's kind of like, so I don't know how much you've like heard of this discussion, but like a lot of Gen Z have kind of talked about how most of us didn't think that uh, we were going to like live past high school because of like the traumatic videos that we were shown in like middle school of like all the ways you can die. <laughs> so like there was basically like you drink, you die, you do drugs, you die, you um, go in car and you get crash and drunk drivers will kill you on the road. And like, so most, there's like this whole thing about like how, a lot of Gen Z's been kind of destigmatized to always, and like we had all these school shooter drills, all this kind of stuff. So there was this, because yeah, there was like this whole thing about how like a lot of kids were like, oh, most of us didn't think we were gonna live this long, and I felt very much like Beth in this moment. Did you go to Catholic school? No, I went to oh, a public okay. school. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I went to public school. Oh wow! So they tell you that. Oh my god. So they have videos of like and they tell you that if you drink you die and if you do drugs you die. Basically, like I literally was I was in elementary school and we took photos with a safety test dummy for vehicles and they showed like the test dummy being crashed into vehicles and like what happens when you don't wear a seatbelt. And I was in elementary school. Like all this stuff. It's wild i don't know so it's just like i feel bad for beth but also i kind of personally relate to what she's going through because <laughs> i was like yeah i get that you know like you didn't ever dream of having a future because you didn't think it was a possibility and now you're like approached with that scenario and you're like oh that's something i probably should have considered so amy's still gone at this point and it's been almost a year now and i was like this is where i was like when is she gonna come back like <laughs> I was like really surprised she was still gone. And then Beth tells Joe not to hope, but to enjoy her time with Beth instead. And then they come home and her mother and father can tell that Beth is going to die. And I was like, ouch. So now we're on to chapter 37, new impressions. So now they're, uh, Amy's in nice Nice France. I always forget that it's pronounced actually Nice because um, I tried to read it in English. Um, and it's Christmas again. Christmas is literally the only holiday they mention. Maybe that's why it's a Christmas book. Maybe. I just was like, okay, 
like another Christmas. Wow. Like what nice. Like we've had like six since this book started, but all right. <laughs> no Easter, no yeah, nothing. Uh Thanksgiving, maybe. <laughs> I know. They're like, nope, no other holiday, only Christmas. And I was like, all righty. So Lori is now visiting Amy. And they're going to go to a Christmas ball tonight at the hotel that uh, Amy's staying at. And Amy's driving Lori around town, which is really adorable. And Lori is still really down and Amy notices. And she's unsure of why. So it sounds like Lori has... uh, been gone a while and that Amy apparently has been gone a year or two at this point and Amy dressed up a little extra for the ball now that Lori is coming and I was like ooh so Amy is literally pacing in the hallway waiting for Lori to come and Lori was trying to be all charming and tell and she tells Lori just to be blunt because she likes it better and he's like oh thank goodness so Lori asked Amy to dance, which is surprising as he hates dancing. And she goes and dances with the count instead. And he looks kind of relieved. And then she's like, ugh, like you, why are you relieved that you're not dancing with me and gets annoyed? I feel like at this point, Amy already had to crush on him. I think so. And I don't know because it just seems odd because she knows that he's in love with Joe. Mm-hmm. She knows she doesn't know anything about him asking Joe to marry him, mm-hmm. anything about that. But she, so she, in her mind, she's still thinking, okay, Lori is in love with Joe, but yet you have a crush on him because you're getting angry at the fact that he doesn't want to dance with you anymore. Mm-hmm. So you may not like like him, but you are crushing on him. Yeah, but I also think she knows Joe doesn't like him, so she doesn't feel bad about having a crush on him, you know? Like, I think it's well known in their family that Joe is never going to reciprocate his love, even though he may love her. And so I don't think Amy has anything to lose. Obviously, you know, now we know she definitely didn't, but... uh. (laughs) I don't I just know. I just, like for me, okay, so I have siblings too, mm-hmm. and I have a sister. And if she were to say, Oh, I have a crush on this guy, mm-hmm. I would never, ever, ever find that man attractive, like ever. I don't, if, if it was, even if it was Chris Hemsworth, that, that would be over. Like, no, that's gross. Yeah. And then again, if a guy told me, oh, well, I have a crush on your sister. And then he tried to go and talk to me. I'd be like, ew, gross. Like, back away. Like, what is wrong with you? No, that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Please don't. (laughs) But maybe that's just me. I don't know. I also just don't think that Joe ever had feelings for um, Lori, like, romantically. So I don't feel like her and Amy, and her and Amy aren't close either. So I don't think they ever had that conversation where Amy would get the vibe that they were, like, that Lori and Joe were ever going to be anything more than friends. So I don't think that she has that same attachment, you know, that's still gross. But yeah, I can see what you're saying. Like, yeah. And then she's also been gone for so long. So she, like, they didn't have a very good relationship, or at least I don't think they did. No, they didn't. 
before she left. So now it's even more strained. Yeah. She's been gone like two years at this point. Yeah, so. And so. then she's also probably super, super lonely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, ooh, boy, attention. Yay. <laughs> so Amy takes a break from dancing and Lori gets her some food and coffee. And they kind of talk for a bit. And then Lori writes his own name down for dances and spends the rest of the night like catering to her every whim, which is kind of adorable. And then in this note, and it said, are they starting to like each other? I'm nervous. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> or actually, I don't think, I don't think Lori really did. I think at this point, he just still thinks of her as that little yeah. sister that he's always looking out for. I think at this point, he was starting to get an inkling of like, because he kept commenting on like the change in her and that she's like very mature and all this kind of stuff i feel like he was starting to get an inkling of a possibility but i don't think he was full crushing yet you know like i think he was starting to look at her as a woman as opposed to yeah a girl yeah girl that's what i think i think he was like okay you know because they are actually just trying to like legitimately enjoy each other's company at this point and i don't think that Like, I think Amy's definitely crushing, but I think he's just kind of allowing himself to heal at this point. All right. We'll end this episode here, though. Kendra, where can all the wonderful people of the internet find you and your podcast? Okay, so you can find me on KU Radke Universe on everything. I just got on TikTok, which is surprising because I tried very, very hard to rebel, but... You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) but on instagram facebook twitter tiktok pinterest everything at ke radke universe and then our podcast at west coast booksters is on instagram facebook pinterest and then on twitter it's wc booksters because it was too long very good all right well those will also be in the show notes so everyone can check that out as well but we will all catch you in the next episode All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining us on this episode of the Barely Bookish podcast. It's been a lot of fun to have you guys here. Um, I hope you guys are all enjoying it. Uh, As I said in the intro, if you want to join the Barely Book Club, uh, there is a link down below in the show notes uh, or on my website. Whatever you guys use to actually like listen to this podcast, there should be a link somewhere, like wherever the description is. Um, So you can do that or you can go to my website and go to the episode and there will be a link there. Um, And then there's also the link for Twitch all that good stuff. So be sure to go over there. Um, yeah. Oh, also, if you want to make sure that you always get notified when the first episode airs, like on Spotify or um, Apple Podcast, I know does this, but you need to turn on the bell notification. So then you, or also YouTube, you need to turn on the bell and then it'll give you like a little notification um, that, uh, my episodes gone up, but they go up every Wednesday at 6am Eastern time. So if you're not sure, and it's Wednesday, there's an episode up.
Also, if you guys want to help this podcast grow, it's really helpful if you all leave reviews. Um, if you can just kind of write your thoughts or leave um, stars, it's really helpful. It helps me grow. It helps us find new listeners. And I would really, really, really appreciate it. Um, but that's all I have for you guys on this episode. Uh, I will catch you in the next one. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux from FreePD.com. Our logo was designed by my little sister, Sarah. And if you want to follow me on any of my socials, uh, I'm at Barely Bookish on everything. From on, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. And I think that's it. I'm basically on everything, so if you're trying to find me, just go to Barely Bookish and I'll be there, and I will catch you all later. Bye!